Das community, and it was called uh, Every Day, which was so, I got to hear Diana talk about it so much, so it was awesome. But the idea that we live this out every day, that we haven't been called to be these, to put on the armor for like one and a half days a week. We haven't been called to put on the armor just for that like that five minute conversation we have and then like run really, run right back into the dressing room and like hope no one saw us. We've been called to live it out every single day, every single day of our lives, to live out this calling to something that is so much greater than just clutching for dear life to a balance beam. And I think if we're honest, if we're honest, the majority of us, we spend a lot of our lives living that way, scared of what's around the next corner, scared of what someone may say or think, scared of what's going to happen if I take this risk. And we feel like, man, only the courageous do that. Only like crazy people would do something like that. And my job is just, I'm just going to watch. I'll, I'll, like there's a window in the dressing room. So like we're going to be like, hey, hey you, you go on out there and do that thing. And we're just going to watch. It's going to be crazy watching you do that. <laughs> but you see, we've been created to paint this picture of Jesus. Your life, you've been formed, that God took you and he breathed life into you. Not just so that you can sit and cling to a balance beam. Not so that you can just sit in a dressing room and hide. But that so that you may go and paint a picture of Jesus to our world. That our world needs you. That our communities need you. And you may think, man, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not strong and courageous like these people in Scripture. There's other um, passages of Scripture in Joshua. In Joshua, you can even turn there if you like. In Joshua 1, uh, verse 9, it tells us a bit of the story about Joshua. And so, if you guys aren't familiar with the story, so what had happened was uh, the Israelites, they were, they were enslaved in Egypt. And then Moses, he came up there, Charlton Heston, you know, split the sea, Israelites are gone, they're across, and then they're wandered in this desert for 40 years. Every morning they got, they got manna, which is called, what is it? How would you like to eat something called, what is it, for 40 years? Maybe some of you do, I'm not sure. But, 40 years wandering in this desert. Relatively safe. It says that their clothes didn't wear out. I mean, they were just taken care of in this desert. And so Moses, he led them through. And then what happens, I mean, Moses actually does what everybody does, and he died. And after he died, Joshua was next in command. So what happens is there's a story in this scene in the beginning of Joshua. And so you'd seen this. You'd seen Moses. Imagine yourself as Joshua now. You'd seen Moses. Uh, he just came out. He did all these amazing things, turning sticks into snakes and smashing rocks and water coming out and like Red Seas parting, all these amazing things. And then he's dead. And then you're next in charge. Lead this, this nation, millions of people. It's you. Would you be scared? I think scared is probably an understatement. You'd be like changing your robes, you'd be so scared. So what happens now in this passage of Scripture, as you look at it as people like you and I, we look at this passage of Scripture in Joshua, in the first chapter of Joshua, and you see what God is saying to Joshua. He says this to him in verse 9. He says, This is my command. 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Isn't that amazing? So they just went from being in this safe, semi-safe, in this desert. They weren't fighting their enemies yet. And then God is calling them to go. Now it's time to take the land. Now it's time to go forward and conquer. And and I know that you're scared. You're scared out of your mind. But know that I'm going to be with you. In fact, God repeats himself six times. He says, be strong and courageous for I am with you. Be strong and courageous because the time, the time is now. The time is now to take the promised land. The time for preparation has finished. The time in the dressing room is done. The time to go out into the unknown for God has come. I mean, and that would freak, freak us all out. You're going from relative safety, predictability, this dressing room, out into the battlefield. Joshua was not strong and courageous because God had to remind him to be strong and courageous. God was speaking into him who he was going to be. And as you sit here with me today, and we may feel that we aren't strong and courageous, that know that God is speaking into you, not about who you are right now, but who you've been called and created and destined to be. You are strong and courageous. And know that God is going with you wherever you go. Erwin McManus in his book, Uprising, he says this, The history of God's people is not a record of God searching for courageous men and women who could handle the task, but God transforming the hearts of cowards. If you're like me, I take solace in that. Maybe I'm just like, I'm just like a little bit crazy, but I'm like, God, you could use these people that were scared scared to do something that you called them to do, that you painted a picture of, that they were scared. Um, so I, I've been a pastor for a while. We had this whole, I was an electrician, and then I was a pastor, and, and all of these things. And, and my wife and I, we live here in St. Albert. And we've been doing ministry for a long time. And then we really felt God calling us out. I mean, we, we, walked, we, we could walk the balance beam, you know? Like, we could walk from our house, we open the garage, you can get in your car, and you can do, like, the head nod to someone, like, yep, not too, not too long, because then they might start talking to you. And then you drive to work, and maybe you'll hang out with some Christians for a while, you do, like, some Christian-y things, and then you'll come back, do this, like, the quick head nod, garage door shut. We were living somewhat like that. Our lives were about, we, we were, it was so full of, of just like really great things, but missing out on part of our calling. And so Aaron and I, we began to pray and we began to ask God, God, would you do something in us? God, would you give us courage? And so we began to pray for boldness. Have you guys ever prayed for boldness? It's crazy. You actually get a little more bold. <laughs> try it. It, it. You should try it. It's crazy. So we began to pray and we began to say, you know what, like, our lives, we don't want to live lives that as we look back, as we come to the end and we hop off the balance beam, Jesus was like, oh, that, that was it? That was your move there? When are you just like, whoa, you almost fell off? I've seen that one a lot. Um, 
off. He saved you so that you would, you would live a life that is, that is full of risk, full of chances where you might get hurt, but full of life. Walking in his spirit. I don't think, and I'm trying to remember, but I don't think anywhere in the New Testament where they're just like, hey, just live it really easy. Just take, take it easy. Don't really share your faith. Just like hide. It's always like be bold. Be strong and courageous. Live out this life. There's this, uh, this quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and he, he gave it at a university in Paris. It's called Citizenship in a Republic. And Brene Brown, she, she had it, one of her books, Daring Greatly. It's, it's in there too, but it's this really beautiful quote. And I want to read it for you. It says, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcomings, but who does actually strive to the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at worst if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. As we reflect on our lives, as we look on our calling, as even as resurgence, as a movement, nothing has been called to like sit and put armor on, to sit on the sidelines. None of you have been called to sit on the sidelines. This isn't just for Travis or Dean or Diana or whoever else or Ryan or Dylan. This isn't just for them. It isn't just for people who sit in the front row, although the front row sitters are a little bit crazy. It's for all of us. Every single one of us has been called out of the dressing room into God's great field. So, what battle have you been called to? Specifically, what have you been called to? Now, you don't need to go like 20 years down the road and say you've been called to like resurgence part two or something. But what have you been called to today? What have you been called to tomorrow? Whom have you been called to? Who can you show Jesus' love to? And not just with this like, this like veiled um, desire that like you want to win somebody. No, that's not at all. We love people for Jesus. We love people because Jesus loves us. As you guys were leading in worship, I was just so, just so overwhelmed with God's love. I mean, do you love God? Do you love God? Yeah. Yeah, you love God. You know what's crazy? Do you feel like God loves you? Majority, yeah, for sure. Do you know what's crazy about that? That God loves your neighbor. That God loves that person that you work with. Man, like as much as you feel and you're here and you're like, man, I know God loves me. God's like, I love them. I love them too. I love them so much. And you know what the other crazy part is? We don't have to go there and like, we're not convincing. We're not, that's not our job to convince. 
The Holy Spirit does the work of convincing. We're just there to be a conduit for Jesus, to be open, to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us and to work through us. Do you believe that Jesus is worth the risk? Do you believe he's worth the risk of like whatever may come? I mean, in the New Testament, they were risking everything. It says they gave everything. Every, I mean, people are writing letters from jail about putting on armor and saying, like, do this. Like, follow my example as I'm sitting in jail and I follow Christ. I mean, it was about, everything was about Jesus. How can we move from the dressing room in our lives out into the open field? Who are you praying for? Whose story do you believe will change because of Jesus using you? Because Jesus wants to use you. Jesus lives in you. And that love will show. So if you're here, there's kind of been this theme actually, even going from pre-service prayer and going on about just about needing to know God is with you. And it can feel terrifying when you feel like, I have to do all these things on my own strength. And believe me, when you try to do it on your own strength, it sucks. And you just like, it's like going out into the game with no equipment on. And you just get your, your, your bot, bottom beat. Okay? That's the church version. But you can't go out there without, you can't go out there without Jesus. You can't go out there without the armor. But the armor, again, they go together. You need the armor to go out, and then you've been given armor so that you can go out. But you need Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. Maybe if you're here, and I don't know what you want to do after here, Trav, at the end. Yeah. Yeah, why don't we, is there, is the worship team, or Clay, are you around? Or Ish? Around? So they're going to come up, maybe do a couple songs, but... If you're here, and we did prayer already, but if you're here and, and, and you just like, you realize here that today you are almost making like a stake in the ground and saying, you know what? I've been hanging out in the dressing room. I mean, we all did it. I, I was doing that as a pastor. I was hanging out in the dressing room. But maybe you're here and you just want to like lay a stake in the ground and be like, Jesus, I'm stepping out. I'm going to risk because you are worth risking for. I'm going to follow because you have done everything for me and I'm going to follow you. That I'm going to take a step out. And so what I'd ask is if you want that, that you would stand up and that you would get prayer, that you would pray and you would declare to God that I am going to go forward. That you would declare to God. That's the first, if you need to declare that to God. But if you're here, and maybe, maybe you've just lost that connection with Jesus. Maybe you've been like even you've been like wandering off in a different arena and you're not even anywhere near God. Where you look at everything in your life and you're like, no. I'm not I'm not even there. Maybe you you just need Jesus so much right now. And I'm gonna ask um, yeah, just for an opportunity to pray for you. So um, if you're here in that spot. And you just feel, the first one, you feel so separate from Jesus. You've been so far from Jesus. And you want to come back and be like, I'm, I'm in. Jesus, I'm in. You are worth it. I'm in. That you are wanting to make that decision again to re, 
dedicate your life to Jesus. If you're here and that's you, I just ask if you want to put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. So, why don't we do this? Can we stand up? And then the people who are... How do you do this now, Trav, with your end here? Come on over here. Okay, so if you're here and you put your hand up, I'm going to invite you to come on up over here to the front. And I'll invite the... So yeah, come on up here. Let's step out of our dressing room and that be bold. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sweet. That's beautiful. Man. You know what it says in the scriptures? It says when someone comes to Jesus or comes back to Jesus, that heaven explodes. That I believe that we've been called to be a movement where, people, where we just create these explosions in heaven. And that this is an explosion in heaven. It's beautiful. So I'm going to invite maybe your ministry team to come forward and pray for them if you do that. And secondly, if you're here and you want to lay that stake in the ground, and you want to make that stake in the ground and say, today, today, I'm leaving the dressing room. Today, I am no longer going to hang out here, but I'm going forward. You can come and fill the altar here if you want and proclaim to Jesus whatever it is you need to proclaim, but say that I am not going. So you can come on up if you'd like. You can do that. People may come around and pray for you, but if you want to do that, make that claim of you're going forward and leaving the dressing room. I'd invite you to come on up here and we'll pray for you.